Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're in our third week in a series called Gains. Everybody say Gains. And Gains is really a term that talks about getting healthy, getting fit, making progress, adding strength, and that type of thing. Uh, Usually it's related to, you know, physical fitness. Um, We're relating it to five important areas of our life. Um, Spiritually, we want to make gains uh, spiritually. Last week we talked about emotionally. And if you were here or if you weren't here, please go back and listen to that one again. Uh, We spent a little time talking about the important subject of depression. And uh, so I want to make sure that you're equipped on that. And then we have three more topics and financially, physically, relationally. And so these are five very, very important areas that that the Bible has much to say about. And uh, we're going to do well to to take our time looking at these. Today, we're going to talk about making gains financially, financially. Go ahead and everybody say financially. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you this. God wants you to be financially fit and free. His word's pretty clear about that. He wants you, God wants you to be financially free and fit. Guess who else does? You want to be financially free and fit. You know, and some of you may say, I don't know if we should talk about this in church. And as if I said before, Jesus spoke more about this topic than heaven and hell and faith and prayer all put together. And uh, it's important. And it's a crucial area. It's a big deal. Money is just a medium of exchange, but it's how we interact in the world. And uh, it's the number one cause of marital stress. It's also a high number uh, as far as what we worry about and challenges concerning our everyday life is finances. How many of you know I'm telling you the truth here this morning? Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, early in the spring, we did a series called Going Green, and we spent about three weeks talking about some of the principles that I'm going to share today. And so that's just the rain outside, free car wash today. (laughs) Sorry, we will not be drying today, but just... Uh, but it is, it is important for us to, to get God's word concerning this. And uh, so I did a series, a short series of this back in the spring. And some of the same principles I'll use today. I do that unapologetically. Because numerous times we find Jesus saying, and again I say to you. you know, and so the importance of repetition. Plus, studies show that in average American church... Anytime we gather together, at least a third of the church family is not there. You know, the, the baby was sick, car didn't start, cat got away, it was raining, whatever, and, and people end up, you know, not, not coming. So I feel it's so important. So if you know all these principles, you're awesome, but let's help some other people be awesome as well and, and get a hold of these things. Can I get an amen if you're with me so far today? So in all of these areas that we've looked at and will look at, you know, spiritually, emotionally, uh, financially, physically, relationally, what most people lack is a plan, a plan. See, some people would say, well, what do we lack to be financially fit? Some of you would say, well, I lack money. Well, money has to be part of it, but really that is not the main thing here. 
it's always a matter of doing your best with what you have. And so the main thing would be that you would have a plan. Everybody say, a plan. And I'm going to give you one this morning. And so not only that you have a plan, but then you're intentional about the plan. Because you can have a plan to do nothing with it. But you have to be intentional about it. Remember, I've shared with you that God pays attention to our intentionality. Whatever you are intentional about, God will meet you there. God will help you with that, considering it's something that he would want to be done. And so we have to have a reason to be intentional. And, of course, it's, it's we, want, we want what God wants for our life, and we do. In this particular area, we, we want to be financially free. We want to be financially fit as well. Amen? Amen. So I want to share a plan with you. And uh, this plan, uh, well, here it is. You ready? This Take care of it. You ready? Here it is. Win the lottery. Uh, let's talk about that. Gallup, a recent Gallup poll said that six out of 10 Americans have bought lottery ticket within the last 12 months. If you won, think about it. If you won, you would suddenly, say suddenly, I mean, you would suddenly be out of debt. You could quit your job if you wanted. Stress is off. You got plenty. Future's okay. And you might even be generous. Who knows? Uh, the current, and I looked it up yesterday, the current Powerball jackpot. And did you know that Powerball markets itself as America's game? The current Powerball jackpot is $239 million. How many of you wouldn't mind having that? How many of you wouldn't mind having that? Okay. How about you had a rich, rich, rich grandma, and she passed away, and she passed on 239 minutes. How many of you wouldn't mind having that? See, now it's more hands. <laughs> grandma had to pass for you to raise your, raise your hand. <laughs> no, but see, people are intrigued because of that idea that I could win, I could win, and suddenly my life would change. So what a plan. What a plan to suddenly have millions and millions of dollars. But there's a problem with the plan. Odds. The odds. The odds are against you. They're way against you. I want to take a, a moment and look at this. The odds for the, jack, uh, the Powerball jackpot are 175 million to one. So you have one chance in 175 million. So that's like $175 million, and you pick the lucky one. So it's kind of hard to get our minds around that. So try to imagine this, and this will even be hard. Let's say that you go to the Super Bowl, and the average attendance of the Super Bowl is about 75,000. And so let's say you're seated in the Super Bowl, surrounded by 75,000 people, and one person's going to win hot dogs for life and a T-shirt. And you might, it might be me, might be me, might be me. You know, and you're, and you're looking and thinking. And even that is hard to imagine that you might win that. So 175 million to one. There's a statistician, and I found a little article he wrote, and he is the executive director of the American Statistical Association. And he did some calculating so we could visualize what this would look like and our chances of winning. He's an expert in state lotteries as well. 
And again, we're looking at this as a possible plan for your financial fitness, okay? And with those odds, he calculated this, taking the dimensions of dollar bills, and he said, pack those tightly and neatly. And it would, he lives in the Washington, D.C. area. He said it would take two large semi-trailers loaded to the gills to deliver that to his house. He said, now let's take all of those out of the truck and let's mark one of those dollar bills. Mark one of them as the lucky dollar bill. Now he said a good way so that we can see how many of these are and get the best chance for winning. Well, here's what he did. Let's go to our map that we have here. He lives in the DC area. And he said, let's lay out those dollar bills end to end and see how far that goes. And remember, one of them is lucky. So you would lay out dollar bills starting in D.C. and go all the way down to Disney World. You still have plenty, so you would lay them out end to end and go all the way to Disneyland. Then you would go all the way up to Portland, Oregon. And then you would come all the way back across the continental U.S. and come all the way back to D.C. And do you know how many dollars there are still left over? Enough to go in the entire loop one more time. And the chances of you winning to find the one lucky dollar, let me just put it to you this way, the odds are against you. So if winning the lottery is your plan, I want to suggest to you a plan B. Okay? So to get into our plan here, I need to lay some groundwork here. And let me just start by saying this. Anytime on any subject that we go to God's word and get God's counsel on something, we're going to be helped. I'm going to tell them. Anytime on any subject that we go to God's word and get God's counsel, we're going to be helped. So they responded better than you. So what we want to do is God... What do you say? What is your plan? So to start with, here is the foremost foundational biblical principle that we need to look at concerning this. It comes from Psalm 24, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So here's the principle right here. God owns it all. Would you read it deliberately with me? God owns it all. One more time. God owns owns it all. All? All. Um, Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Leviticus 25, 23, the land is mine, says the Lord. Haggai 2, 8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord. Psalm 50, verse 10, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle of a thousand hills are mine. He owns it all. I said he owns it all. So he has a right to what he owns. So he's the owner And we're the stewards. We're managers. So everything you have belongs to who? Well, I worked hard and I signed for it and I paid for it. It all belongs to to God. And you've been entrusted with it. Okay? You've been entrusted with it. So all of it. You've been entrusted with it. So he's the owner. He has a right to everything uh, because it is his. So that makes, now get this, that makes every spending decision actually a spiritual decision. 
Because it's not mine, it's his, and he's God, and he owns it. So every decision, every spending decision is a spiritual decision. Now, don't let that ruffle you because you're thinking, oh, great, i got to wait in line for every decision and ask God what to do. God has given us some principles of what to do, and, and he's laid those out. And so if we follow those principles, this is going to be a part of the plan that he has for us. So ultimately, the question is not, God, what do you want me to do with my money? That's not the question. Here's the question. God, what do you want me to do with, with your money, with your stuff? With, because he owns it all. So if the question is, Lord, what do you want me to do with my money? What do you want me to do with your money? Here's what studies show we do with our money. Number one, we spend it. Secondly, because we ran out of spending, we pay debts and bills. Thirdly, because we have to, we pay taxes. And then sometimes we'll save, and if there's anything left over, we, we give. Now, this progression, or digression rather, actually demonstrates a wrong attitude, a wrong mindset. This is an ownership. This is like, this is mine, I do with it what I want. And typically that's what we do, is we do what we want, and we end up in problems from number two on down because we're, we're in such a consumer culture. That's why we've got to go to God and his word and get his counsel rather than just listen to our world. You know, how many of you know that you're going to, did you know that you will hear today uh, between 600 and 1,100 commercials? You're going to see, hear, sign, a billboard. Now billboards are rotating constantly. You're at a red light. It's, it's going there. And, and what are they all about? All commercials, radio, television, everything. What, they're on runners. You're going to watch sporting events. It's going to be up in the stands. It's going, it's going to be everywhere. What is it about? Everybody wants your well-being or everybody wants your money. They want your money. And so we're in, and they're wanting to make it easy for you. So we're in this consumer culture and, we're going, and we end up in problems with this. So we're going to have to have a better plan. Look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 5, excuse me, chapter 2, verse 30. The Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will, come on, a little stronger, I will what? I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. These two words or phrases are related here, and it really has to do with this. To treat lightly, um, it's almost to be disrespectful of, to not handle properly, And so the Lord said that if you honor me, I'll honor you. He said, but if you're going to treat me and the things of God lightly, disrespectfully, not properly, he said, that's the way you're going to be handled as well. How many of you know the first would be the better option there is that we honor the Lord? Here's the thing about honoring the Lord. You ready for this? This is so awesome. Any step, any effort toward God honors God. And if you honor God, he will what? He will honor you. You know, the fact that you made your way to church today honors God. Amen. And you can expect that God will honor you, that God will bless you, that he's going he's gonna to help you. Yeah. On the first day of the week, on a rainy Sunday morning, you, you, we're, we're going to church. Now, I know some of you, I don't want to go to church. But you're here. So attitude adjustment and realize, hey, God, I'm honoring you. Uh, we've been talking about you know, uh, quiet time with the Lord. And I had somebody talk to me this week and they said, uh, pastor, I'm just frustrated trying to get this morning quiet time going. 
Because one morning I tried, and then I kind of dozed back off, and then next morning I go, I'm going to do this. So I got my coffee and got all set up. It's a little cool in the house. So I got a little blanket, got my coffee, and then I realized I don't have my Bible. And he said, by the time I found my Bible, it was about out of time that I had lauded. And I said, but you know what God saw? God saw you making some effort. He saw you trying. And you know what? That honors him. You'll get there. You'll get there. God will meet you there. Lay your Bible out the night before. Find it. Find it. You know, and, but when you honor God, any step toward God, any effort toward God, God's going to honor that. Amen? Now, uh, here's the plan. And uh, we've taught this for years. You take all that the Bible teaches concerning handling finances, and this summarizes it right here. And here's the plan, 10, 10, 80. Everybody just say it. 10, 10, 80. It's based on biblical principles. It kind of breaks down, uh, add all that up, and you get 100, okay? And so 100% of what you've been entrusted with, what do I do with this? So please hear me out. The first 10% is from the Bible. The first 10% goes to God. It goes to God. It goes to the work of God, God's work through the local church. Why? Because he asks us to. Because he asks us to. If he's the owner, then he has a right to ask us. Let me rewind. Because he's the owner, he has the right to tell us what he wants us to do with what belongs to him. Leviticus 27.30 says that it, it is the Lord's. The tithe, that 10% is the Lord's. And it is holy. It is set apart for him. I'll illustrate that in just a little bit. Malachi chapter 3, and we won't read it right now, but we're told just prior to that, the Lord says this. He says, I am the Lord and I do not change. What do you think that means? It means he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right after that, then he said, you've been robbing me. And they said, how have we robbed you? He said, you've robbed me with tithes and, and offerings. And he said, I want you to return now and bring the tithe. So he's saying, stop robbing me. How many of you know it's not good to pull in Superman's cape? (laughs) And it's not good to rob God. He said, so I want you to return. I want you to bring. He doesn't say give. You don't necessarily give the tithe because that denotes that it was mine to give. We return it. We bring it to the Lord. He said, now I want you to bring it into the storehouse. And if you follow all the way through biblical theology, you find that that has to do with the church. And Paul said in New Testament writing, he said, do this on the first day of the week, indicating it's something that you do as part of your worship experience at the church. He said, do that, he said, so that you're not under curse. Curse actually means to be hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. Hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. That's kind of like blowing a tire on a hot country road and nobody's around and your cell phone's dead and your LaCroix is warm and no one's coming by and a bull's chasing you and mosquitoes are there. Do you get the idea? And a shark. No, no. But do you get the idea? Sometimes life gets that way that you are hemmed in with obstacles and powerless to resist. There's nobody to help you. I can't do anything uh, for myself. And that denotes kind of the idea of curse. He said, I'd rather you be under blessing. And he said this. He said, try me in this. Put me to the test and see if I won't do this. If I won't, if I won't bless you, I'll open the windows of heaven and bless you if you will do this. So a couple of things about uh, about this. When he talks about blessing, everybody say blessing. Blessing. There's some real extremes being taught about blessing. 
You know, some, some would teach that if you just do this, you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to get two new Teslas. You're going to have a Jaguar and a 12,000 square foot home and a pool the size of a football field. And, and all the rich and, and pretty people are going to be your friends. And survey says that's wrong. That's, that's not the way it works. And then there's the other end of it all that says that God doesn't want you to have anything and he won't bless your finances and he's not even interested in that. And both of those are wrong. All extremes lead to error. Okay? So read God's word. That will help. Read God's word. And we do find that there are plenty of promises to show that it is important to God that we handle our finances properly. And when we do, he will bless. How many of you have ever had God bless you financially? Okay. And it doesn't mean that, you know, like I said, it's not all this extreme you got to have, got to have. Blessing is a broad, broad, broad term. It's to have favor. It's to have protection. It's to be empowered. It's to be able to sleep well. It's to have some happiness. It's, it's, it's all of these things. And to have supply. And to have God bless what you have. I would rather God bless what I have. Amen? So, um, Empowered, favor, provision, protection. Understand this. Giving does not take away, tithing does not take away from your supply. One of the biggest fear-motivated arguments of why a person won't give, well, if I give it, then I won't have it. But if you understand that that's not mine to start with, it's God's, that my returning that to God does not affect my supply. It does not take away from my supply. It affects it in that it is blessed. Understand also that when you're obedient and generous according to what God would have for you, that never causes a setback in your life. Let me try to illustrate for you here. I have 10 $1 bills. Yeah, I'm bragging. (laughs) So I have 10 $1 $1 bills. So let that represent all that I have been entrusted with. First of all, whose is it? God's. God's. All of it. It's all God's. But God has double labeled the first one. And he said, that one is mine. So whenever you or I receive our 100% of whatever we get, be it from the government or your mama, where's Pastor Nick? Or, um, or your job or the lottery or whatever. Oh, by the way, if you do win the lottery, tithe. Okay, okay I just want to get that one taken care of. But you have... You have 10, and, and you're to take the first one. Now, get this now. Take the first one because it's all God's, but he's entrusting me with this, and the first thing he wants me to do is take the one that he double labeled as his and return to him. Why? So that I will acknowledge him. Understand, first of all, God is not poor. He doesn't need my dollar. And God is not nervous and insecure, and he needs me to somehow acknowledge him. Okay, he needs neither. He needs me, he needs you to acknowledge where this came from. Because if you and I don't know where this came from, we're going to live wrong, live by the wrong principles, we're going to make a mess, and and we're going to end up hurting ourselves and others. And so what we need to do, it all came from God. Every time something comes in, it all came from God. First part goes back to God so that I can acknowledge where it came from. And God says in return, if you do that, I release blessing on the 90, uh, 9, I release the blessing on that. And part of that blessing means that this is protected. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. I'll make sure that the vine doesn't drop its fruit before its time. There's a whole list of blessings of protection that he will bring. Here's my point. Acknowledge God with that. Acknowledge God with the first part. 
Ask him to help you with the rest of it. His blessing and protection comes upon it. And I would rather have nine blessed than robbed from God and have ten all by myself under curse. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, listen to me and look me in the eye for this best you can. God knows my heart. The entire reason I would teach on this is because of what God wants for you and he wants to help you. And hear me, I want to help you. This church wants to help you. We're not gonna take up some big offering after this. We've got people stirred up now. No, I want you, God wants you, you want you to be financially fit and financially free. Amen. And this is, this is a plan to get you there. Second part of this, and I've got to hurry. The second part, second 10% is for savings. You need to pay yourself second. Put some away. Get some good advice. Quickly from the scripture in Proverbs 6, verse 6 through 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Look also in uh, Proverbs 10, 5. He who gathers crops in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. And then Proverbs 21, 20. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. And that's the great American way. We spend whatever we get. So here's what we need to do. Start at the beginning. First part goes to God. Second part, you. Save it. Save it. Get some good advice. Get a good plan so that you know a, a good way to put that so it can, it can grow and gain. Third part is this. 80% is left for living. 80% is left for living. With the remainder of that, and still all God's, but here's what you do. You manage it well using God's principles. I'll put it to you this way. Live and spend in such a way that it invites God's blessing. Live and spend in such a way that it invites God's blessings. You and I both know we could live and spend in ways that would block God's blessings. Because God say, I can't endorse that. I can't bless that. I can't help you with that. And we need to live and spend in such a way that invites God's blessing to be on and to stay on what we're doing. Amen? 10, 10, 80 equals 100%. And you might would say today, Pastor, 10, 10, 80, I... <laughs> I didn't know about this and I've got a mess or I knew about this but I did things different or life is hard and I had, I had a rough season or I painted myself in the corner and there's no way I can do this. Uh, whatever your situation would be, let me just remind you of this. Any step, any effort toward God honors God and God will honor you. So you'd say, there's no way I can. I'm so overextended and this and that. Here's what you need to do. You may just need to start with your heart and your mind and say, God, I'm going to make it happen. And start, start on this. Start with just a small step. If you take a small step toward God, does that honor God? Yes. And so take a small step. Maybe you can't do 10, 10, 80. You might could do 1, 198. You do the math. Find your way, and I'm going to promise you, watch what God will do. God will meet you where you're at, and he will help you where he meets you. And so honor God. Just begin. Everybody say, honor God. Amen. That's the key. Honor God from, from top to bottom, from beginning to end. Just seek to honor God. And as you honor God, God's going to honor you, and he's going to help you there. Amen? Amen. Just remember that your giving is your invitation for God to be involved in this important area of, of your life. 
Um, so what does it look like? We're talking about gains. What does it look like to be financially fit, to have financial gains in your life? We've looked at what that means spiritually. We look, we've looked at what that looks like emotionally. What does that look like financially? The Bible describes it for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You still here? We're almost done. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. The context of this talks about giving, giving generously, giving with a right heart. And it says, and here's the result. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, say that's me, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Did you get that? Always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. You know what that means? It means that you've got your life taken care of, living within your means, living with the blessing of God, living and spending in a way that God can bless and help you, taking care of your obligations. God will bless that, and then you're able to have an abundance left over so that you can give and be a blessing. I'll just sum it up in this way. It's living generously. Living generously. It's the most rewarding of all human activities is to be able to live generously. God wants that for you. You want that for you. Winning the lottery, fat chance. No chance. And even those that win, there's studies and documentaries on how their life fell apart because they weren't ready. They didn't have the character. They didn't have what it takes to hold up that kind of... Everybody has capacities. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't wish you had what somebody else has. Take what you have, honor God with it, and let God honor you, let God bless you, let God help you so that hopefully you can be generous. And I'll close with this. I believe that when we make it our business to live generously, God will make, his biz- make it his business to help you to always to be generous. Amen? I'm going to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of it? Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.